step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Telling me shit like you want to cash that check, you want to put this money in your bank, uh, yeah, do what I say. So Golly. they keep Some winning, they keep winning. I don't know, I know, I, you know, I know, I know, you know, I know, you know, times four. Yeah. So, um, it looks like um, the guy that's been talking all the shit every week isn't even here tonight. How, how you going to be talking junk? You were just talking junk an hour ago. Mm-hmm. And you ain't here? Oh, exactly. I, I figure he probably, you know, if he's not here by now, he's probably going to sleep for the rest of the show. Dear Lord, let's hope not. Let's, let's 
text. Let me say. Um, so tonight, guys, we are just kind of talking about um, some things going on with our justice system, um, some things that are going on with uh, the police brutality. I mean, because I know several times I've wanted to go live and just say, what the fuck? But I didn't. Again, I've been doing so much. But, you know, this is that platform that we all have, we all share, where we can say, what the fuck? Um, so we'll be doing that today. Uh, I have a friend stopping through the show a little bit later. Uh, he works um, an attorney. I uh, want to say in Georgia. And I just, you know, sometimes I just like to hear the legalese of, of some of the things that we are looking at, it's, it's sometimes nice to have people to break down what's going on. I have a particular question I'd love to ask him um, and get the insider viewpoint, um, what's going on with um, one of the cases that I've been following. And uh, so so we're going to talk with um, attorney uh, Charles Watkins a little bit later. And um, if you have any questions that you love to to have him kind of expound on and, and share his insight about, post them on the page, uh, post them on the live when we get to go live here in a little bit, uh, so you can get that opportunity. But um, yeah, so that's that's where we're going, and you know, however long that takes or wherever that past uh, diverges to, because you know. On this show, things happen. Mm-hmm. 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 They happen. They go down. Not so, only in the DM, uh, but on this show. Right. Um, and uh, so, you know, I was, um, I got to bring up something. I posted um, something, and I was in my feelings. And so if I offend anybody, um, I don't I don't care. Um, but I was in my feelings. Uh I saw a picture someone had posted and and I'm sure it was all in fun. Um, but someone had taken a picture of like uh audience in at a game, uh all brothers and sisters, you know, doing various things. Very some of them watching the game, some of them not watching the game, some of them just doing different things. And a Initially, what that post was, somebody just put it, and I'm sure they say caption this, and so people caption, put all these captions. You know how you read the comments. Mm-hmm. Well, people had all these comments on the original picture, and they are funny comments. There are some that are hilarious, but the person that posted it, the one that they chose to post, they um, captioned it, please stand for the national anthem. And nobody is standing. Everybody is doing something else or looking like, who's who going to stand? And it just brought back to mind um, when I go to all these volleyball games with my child, uh, supporting my kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these are in our community of black and brown people. And it just amazes me when they say, please stand for the anthem, that everybody in there is standing. And I'm like, wow. And it doesn't matter what's happening. Like, I can understand because I see it so much, 
the wave when we are not um, being inundated with news that um, something has happened in that arena of police brutality. And, and people are, are, you know, sometimes when it's out of sight, out of mind. I, I, I can see why people stand. They forget that, that there is a protest um, going on. But when shit happened that same day, like I can't, I, I can't see it. And when when the latest thing happened here in Dallas, and we had a game, and it you know it's in a neighborhood that's ninety percent black and brown people, and I see ninety percent of black and brown people standing for this anthem, man. It's almost like, how do you support if you don't even support your own? And I know somebody's comment today was, well, that, what did he say? Let me see if I can pull the comment up. But basically saying it doesn't mean uh, sitting or not standing doesn't mean that you're protesting or that you actually are affecting the situation in any way. I can stand for the anthem and be doing more for um, against police brutality or whatever. And that, my friend, is a valid point. You very well could be doing something amazing. But my spidey senses say, if you are doing amazing shit in protest against police brutality, the last Second thing you gonna do is stand when that anthem comes on. Mm-hmm. That's just I feel like the heart and the head are set up to do that. Now I could be wrong. I don't plan I don't claim to know everybody's thing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But he did. he went in and it's somebody that, you know, was a comment of from someone that I'm accustomed to if I say left, they say right, but uh-huh. I, sometimes I just choose not to engage. I disengage because sometimes we sometimes we just need to let those who do that just talk, just talk, uh-huh. and let it float uh-huh. off into the air and not acknowledge some of the things that they say because sometimes they only do it to be combative with you. Yeah. And sometimes I don't want to. Like sometimes things are so deeply rooted in my spirit at the moment, I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna defend it. You know, sometimes you I think sometimes you can be too passionate where you cannot defend. Mhm. And so sometimes I just have to back on away from that thing because 'cause I'm like, mm mm you ain't gonna get me out out here stressed and blood pressure up and and you ain't even worth that to me. At the end of the day, nobody gonna pay me nothing for arguing you down. Mm mm. Mm mm. Not at all. So yeah, I had to I had to step away. But I, I watched because sometimes I realize that it's not just me, because sometimes it's just me. Sometimes shit is just me, and it's like, Shamor, shut up. Nobody's thinking what you're thinking. But then I watch later, and somebody will creep on in there and be like, yeah, so uh, what What do you mean? Like, so somebody came later, 
so so I think we're not going to have um Ryan. So I don't think we even have to worry about um waiting on him for the live like just so we can I'll be on the live or whatever. I don't think he's coming to work. Well, I might not be on the live um because I got my bonnet on. Oh, I got my oh. hair done today. I got my hair done today, so I got my bonnet on. She ain't unbonnet in her hair for nobody. Mm-mm-mm. I'm taking these rollers out. No, my hair ain't dry. Nope, sure enough, I ain't. Mm-mm. Oh, you don't have me up here looking like the, the trashy twist out for twist, untwisting my hair before my hair dry. Uh-huh. No, ma'am. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love the you. Trashy I, I, the trashy twist out. I love you. I love you long time, but mm-mm. I just got my hair wide. I'm going to be using so, that one, the trashy twist out, babe. Tragic. It's tragic when that's when you ain't. That's when you haven't allowed your hair to fully dry in that twist spell, and you gotta go somewhere, and you know your hair is still wet. You gotta take it out anyway, and then right. you don't even have what you what you wanted to have. You're just doing something else, no ma'am. Mm-mm. I got a, a I got a date weekend, so my hair gotta look like something, and I gotta leave my hair <laughs> twisted into some love. We heard that. We all heard that. She said a date weekend. We going to dig in her business. We should get in her business. We should get in her business. That's funny. I mean, y'all should be down to that. We we should, this should be a family thing, get in the business thing. I mean, she don't you don't get to come on here and tell us what she going to do and then think we're not going to ask. I mean. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Y'all can later. Y'all know how it is. We got to. Whatever. Whatever. Y'all know. <laughs> we got to check her every now and then because she be trying to do too much. What? On the, on the yeah, under on the cover. Yeah. This, this whole month. month. Yeah. Is he? I'm not going to cuss no more today. Don't talk. I'm not, not going to cuss no more today. Is that it? I'm going to try not to. This dude right here, though, dude, he make you swear off some things you don't want to swear off. Uh-oh. Oh, Jesus. What's going on, ladies? Hey, Ron, why are you talking like you just woke up? Because I did. Dear Lord. Wow. You know we've been at work like four hours. You just showed up. Whatever. I've been here for three and a half hours. You have me on hold. I mean, you need to be on hold a little bit because you don't show up on time. So, yeah. Whatever, Wait, I'm starting no trouble. I'm saying, I was sitting here, I was like, all right, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Next thing I know, my eyes closed and stayed closed for a little while. I had to make my steps not fall asleep. Is this your very white voice? Is this your seduction? <laughs> so, what kind of old voice is this you got? Do I make you horny, baby? 
I'm sorry. Could you keep me from having to do that live? That's disgusting. Uh, no, you don't make bad. me anything inquisitive to whether or not you swallowed something you had not, no business having in your mouth. That's it. I don't know if I appreciate the insinuation that you're trying to make right now. i feeling guilty because I never said what it was. Yeah, but if I ain't supposed to have it in my mouth, then what you trying to say? I'm going to throw up. That could have been a cola. I mean, dude, you are implicating yourself in a crime that I have not accused you of. I just know. That's not me. I thought we were supposed to get on the marge of her date. And now you're coming towards me. I don't appreciate this. I got to ruffle your feathers. You were late to work. I wasn't late. You just had me on hold for a while. All right. Maybe I was a little late. Okay. Shit. Potato, potato. I don't know. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Your mommy, your mama. Yeah, Lord. Imaj, don't you laugh? Uh, no. I'm not. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. I'm just going to sit here and, and work. I'm working. Mm, I got a, I got a Guinness in my hand, so I'm starting to wake up now. You know what? I felt, you know what? I, I said, I think I'm going to drink me some Crown and Mango Coke. Think I'm gonna do that. Mango Coke is a thing. Mango diet is mango diet coke, but it's really good. Interesting. But crown with crown royal? Mm-hmm. That's not good. Hmm. Sorry. I'll aspire to that soon. That level of, of um what do you call that? Adventurous boozing. You say adventurous boozing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What is, is that? What, what is that? You mix it mangoes and Coca-Cola and Crown Royal. Is it Apple Crown? I mean, I don't know what all you got going no, on. No, it's regular. It's regular Crown Royal. It's the Crown Royal Deluxe. Um and just. Mango Diet Coke. The Mango Diet Coke only comes in cans. It comes in a can. Um, so, yeah, it's good. It's good. Like, it's really good. That's what happens when you get stuck in the house since Thursday with the flood. You start drinking and mixing stuff. Oh, that's okay. right. So, tell everybody that is worried about you that you are not floating away. We are, well, in the part of the state that I'm in, we are okay. Um, we did have some power outages, some down power lines, and some down trees. Um, but I'm okay. I cannot say that for certain parts of the state um, where some of my friends are from. They're from Bloomington, Whitesville, Fayetteville, um, and Jacksonville. I actually have a friend who's who lives in Hawaii, but her friend, her family and her parents still stay in Jacksonville, North Carolina, which is currently up underwater. Um, they're oh, saying no. that Wilmington is, if you try to, if we were looking for it at this point, 
it's up underwater, we can't find it. Um, they're trying to get people back into their homes there and out of their homes. It's, it's just a lot going on. Um, but continue to pray for us here in North Carolina because it's going to be another large cleanup. Um, that area was just hit two years ago. With, mm-hmm. um, like places like Lumberton and um, Cumberland County um, were just hit two years ago, and they still had not recovered from that. So here we go again. Yeah. Um, but we're okay. The craziest thing is, like, because you knew that we were supposed to go out of the cold, which is our Friday night show, we're supposed to go yeah. up to New Jersey. Um, I did decide to keep us safe. Those of us who were below um, um, Pennsylvania to keep us safe not, and not go because there was no guarantee when we got ready to come back on Monday that we could get into the state um, because they were directing all traffic off of 95 and heading west and coming around the state versus going through the state. Um, so, so yeah, and if there's pictures on my Facebook page, I forty east. Once you get past Raleigh, um, you pretty much can't see it. Okay. Um, because it's covered by water. Um and this is the okay. same interstate forty that goes east to west. Um you can get on forty and just head west and you'll hit California at some point. Um, so yeah. But it's just you never really think us. But where you, but then you also have it as like we've had hurricanes before, but sometimes it's like this is still Mother Nature. Mother Nature don't care about what you got to do or anybody else got to do. She's gonna come through, drop some water for four days because she didn't move. Um, yeah. So it was interesting. It's been interesting. So continue to pray our strength. I'm okay. My family is okay. So we're good. Okay, okay. And that's and that's definitely what we want to hear. Um, I hate that you guys didn't get to go represent at the uh, conference. That would have been super. I could imagine the pictures that would have been um, posted from that, especially if all of you had gotten together. Um but we're glad to know that you're good. And how you. are you, you, Arthur, uh, Mr. Stokes? How are you, sir? Good to see you. Thank you for stopping by and loving on us a little bit. It's been a while. Um, um, hey, Mr. Stokes. Stokes good evening, everyone. Good evening, Mr. Stokes. All right, all right, all right. I I I got a quick question. I got a quick question. It's not good. Maybe it may be strange. I uh, I know I'm a little tardy, so I'm not exactly sure what the topic is. But I've been waiting to ask about this. Um, what the fuck's going down there? Going on down there in Dallas? Yeah, so that is what we're talking about this evening, sir. Okay. So I'm so glad you brought that to the surface, and and I did invite um a friend to stop through the wind down for a little bit. We don't want to keep him long because it is late and he is a busy man. But um, I actually wanted to discuss that a little bit um, because I was telling him, you know, it's, it's hard waking up 
and going, what the fuck, every morning because things are happening here. Um, so, yes, it is crazy right now um, here. And, um, okay, okay, are you still on the line? So um, I noticed that our caller, well, he was on the line. Let's see if he's still here. So I invited um, an attorney to just kind of come through, and we'll get the opportunity to ask some questions. So, um, Mr. Watkins, opening your mic, sir. Hello, hello. How are you this evening? I am wonderful. Thank you guys for asking me on, inviting me on. Yes, sir. Welcome. And thank you for being available, making yourself available to us this evening. Always, always. Appreciate it. So, um, Ron brought up a question, and then, you know, we kind of led into this this, this uh, beginning of the show. But uh, we were talking about what's going on in Texas and um, just trying to garner some conversation that we can throw some real-time legal information behind because we all know we're passionate and we know what we would have done or what we want to do and and some things you cannot do. But then I had some questions um, involving a different case, and and I just Uh wanted some clarity, and I wanted to ask about that too. So I'm going to let Ron, um, who has opened the floor, go ahead with some of the things that that he might want to, throw your way. Okay. All right. Um, first of all, thank you for joining us. Um, first question I have is I'm not sure of the specifics down there with the laws, but um, is there a particular reason why murder couldn't have been charged as opposed to manslaughter? I can charge her with murder. Um, it, it's difficult, and, and I, I've said this to someone before that, Usually, when, you, when you're looking at a case where someone's killed, it's a homicide, and you start with murder and work your way down to manslaughter. So you, it, them taking a warrant for manslaughter presupposes that they've already eliminated the, the, the idea of murder, which is not exactly true, but that's what it looks like, right? So when you think about it, you're thinking that they, they charged her with manslaughter because it's, it's basically like reckless conduct. You know, it was reckless that you went into this guy's house. Um, the events that transpired based on what you did uh, resulted in his death, and you didn't necessarily intend for him to die. Now, I don't like that. I feel like, you know, that's kind of a cop-out charge. You can always you can always – it's very easy to go down when you charge somebody. It's real hard to go up. Um, and right. keep in mind, she hasn't been indicted yet, as far as right. I know. Now, y'all, they may have some more information in Dallas, but as far as I know, she hasn't been indicted yet. So it's just a warrant. And sometimes they file warrants as placeholders, you know, so that you can't, you know, flee the jurisdiction, so that you can't – so that you're under arrest for lack of a better term. Like, you you are involved in this case. You can't go anywhere. Here's a warrant letting you know this is a warrant for your arrest. You have been arrested. You posted a bond. You know, she posted a bond to get out of jail. But, you know, you've been arrested for this crime. Now, 
what we indict you for may be something different. But you're under arrest for this. Okay. Um, so it's very possible that they could change their minds and go up to murder. Okay. Um, okay. It's, it's, it's problematic because the report was that the Texas Rangers and the Dallas PD were in basically in communication with the DA's office before they took this warrant. So mm-hmm. they kind of matched the DA's office to the to the charge of manslaughter. And then if they go up to murder, then it becomes problematic because right now this case is being tried in the court of public opinion before it even gets into a court of law. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a, a, a tougher proof of burden for murder as opposed to manslaughter as part A of the question and part B would be what are the two um, penalties for um, murder as opposed to manslaughter? Well, um, the burden of proof in criminal law is always the same, whether it's murder or possession of marijuana, beyond a reasonable doubt. You have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this person committed this crime. Um, There are certain crimes, though, that, don't require an element of intent. And because manslaughter has this, in Texas at least, has this element of recklessness involved in it, so it doesn't necessarily require that he intended to kill him. So it's actually a little bit, I won't say easier, but it's a little less burdensome to reach the burden of beyond a reasonable doubt to to prove um, manslaughter. And part B of the question, I'm not 100% on the Texas uh, the Texas laws, um, but just in general, if you're talking common law terms, you know, a murder can carry up to life in prison. Manslaughter wouldn't carry up to life in prison. It would carry something less. Like it would be a it, – it's a – normally it's a less than I believe they said to 20 here. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, in Georgia, manslaughter is a 1 to 20. Like, that's the max you could get is 20 years versus murder. The max you could get is death. Mm-hmm. So and, it's, and I think it's a Texas lesser is charge. pretty similar to that. Yeah. So, so it is a lesser included offense. It, it carries a, a lesser maximum sentence than, uh, than murder. Yeah. So, I know this about some it. bullshit. That's all I know. <laughs> here's another here's another question. Um, different case, but equally as oh my god, or as as we called it earlier, is what the fuck. Um, right. Last year, Lindo Jones was shot twice in his back um, from a call that came in as a like a distress or uh, call about a vehicle. So it wasn't it wasn't a criminal call. Uh the officer comes out to to see what's going on. He and and uh Lindo Jones is sitting in his own vehicle in the parking lot. I don't know if he's listening to music or talking on the phone, but he's sitting in right. his car. Uh officer comes up, requests that he get out of the car, makes him get on the ground. It's a rainy night. Lindo Jones gets on the ground. But he's saying, man, it's wet, you know, and I'm not doing anything. And officer um, has called off backup, okay? So he does not feel threatened. He has called off backup. I don't need backup. Um, Lindo is on the ground, and then this conversation ensues where 
the officer is really aggressive with him. He the pressure points and things like that. Um, you know, we've we've all seen um what happens, you know, this is last year, so everything is still fresh. Uh Lindo Jones finally gets away and he runs away with his hands up and says, Please don't shoot me. I have children. This mm-hmm. officer shot twice and down goes Lindo. Lindo's on the ground. He's bleeding out. This officer does not call for a medic, okay? This officer just kind of is still there allowing this man to bleed out. Um, thankfully, Lindo does not die. They eventually get him to the emergency room where they are able to save his life. But when he mm-hmm. comes to and realizes he's in the emergency room, he is also handcuffed to the bed. Uh, it right. took about five days for him to realize what the charges were because nobody would tell him what he was being charged what, with. At this point, he hadn't committed any crime. Um, he's then charged with something like uh attempt to rob or something that he wasn't doing. But in that time period, um, he wasn't aware and he was just trying to heal. He wanted to get better. He wanted to see his children. He was trying to get get well. Um, so fast forward to now, his case is mm-hmm. um, in court. His attorney mm-hmm. had, you know, was going to support him, and you know, there's a team, whatever. Well, right. the prosecution yeah. has called his attorney as a witness. And this is where I get confused because this what? means that his attorney cannot be in the courtroom, you know, during the what? proceedings because he's a witness for the other side. Yeah. But like, what? what the hell is that? Okay. So there's a thing called the rule of sequestration, and either side can invoke the rule. Okay. And once you invoke the rule, then any witness that is going to be called as a witness in the case has to be excused from the courtroom. They can't be in the courtroom until they're until they're done testifying. But oh my god! Like, and that's standard, right? But what I, what I'm confused about is why is his attorney a witness? Right. Like why? why like what? What could he testify to? That's not attorney-client privilege. And that's what I was wondering. Where where does attorney-client privilege not supersede whatever? And I know that when it originally all happened, I know that his attorney was one of the first people that he got to talk to or that got to talk to him. Like, his family couldn't even see him in the hospital, in the ER. I mean, after he came out of surgery. They would not allow his right. family to see him. So the attorney, the attorney, I guess, you know, because he's an attorney, you know, sometimes you can say certain things in a certain way where they will then allow you, you know, oh, he knows a little law, let's go ahead and not deny this man. But I don't know if he was his attorney at that time, and I don't know if that matters. I don't know if he had been retained at that point. Right, so that will be my question. Like, when he actually made contact with this gentleman, was he his attorney, 
or did he if become he his attorney an, subsequently? If he is an attorney and he talked to this man about his case, then that is attorney client privilege. Like if you talk to him as an attorney, like, and I say that to say this, if, if you commit a crime, I'm an attorney, but I come, you come to me and you tell me about it. And I'm telling you, I can't represent you on this. Like I'm telling you right now, all the stuff you're telling me, I can't represent you on this. And, and if they call me in the court, I'm going to have to testify. That's a different conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. But what it sounds like to me is what you're saying is this dude was sitting at the fucking council table with the dude, and then they were like, "Oh, you gotta get out the courtroom because we called you as a witness." Is that is that what is that what happened? Like, I mean, it's far. I know that's what happened. That's garbage. Like that's not a thing. Like that shouldn't that shouldn't have happened. Um, first of all, so this attorney had to then had to then sign some other representation for his client. Yes, he has to find some other representation for his client, that's, but on top of that, he can't be compelled to testify about the things this guy told him in right. an attorney-client privilege. So no, even like though they call him as a witness, does that mean that he has to testify? No, he doesn't because he is an attorney, but they're just using these connections to not have this man defend him is what it sounds like. Right. Like he, but he can't be compelled to testify. It's not even that he doesn't have to testify. You can't compel him to testify. And that, that, that there's a difference, right? So if you put me on the stand and you start asking me questions, like I'm just, just Charles, right? You put me on the stand and you start asking me questions, and I'm just like I don't I don't want to testify about this. That's me telling you that I don't I don't have to testify, but a judge can compel me to testify by holding me in contempt. Okay. That was my next question. So so he can't be held in contempt. No, because because he's an attorney. He's an attorney, and this is attorney-client privilege. There's 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 this thing called there's this thing called um, you learn about it when you're studying for the the ethics exam. It's called the, the lawyer's trilemma, okay? Because you know how you, people say you can't serve two masters? Uh-huh. Well, a lawyer a lawyer serves three masters. A lawyer... I was about to say, you damn sure can't serve two masters. If you have one master, your master could rent you out. Right. A lawyer serves three masters because as a lawyer, you have a duty to your client, and that's, that, that duty is unimpeachable. That is an absolute duty. Right, and and for me, my client is the state of Georgia, so I have a duty to the state of Georgia. Right, that's one. But I also have a duty to the courtroom, to the court. Right, and that duty is unimpeachable. Right, and then I also have a duty to uphold the law as an officer of the court. So I have three, three, and and one doesn't supersede the other. So what's the difference between the court? And the and the law of and the, the law, land. because the court may not always be in in concert with the law of the land. For example, when the court is saying, "Hey, lawyer, I know you represent this guy, but you have to testify about what he told you," that's not the law. Mm. And that is so that's that's you're asking me to be in breach of my duty to the law, and you're asking me to be in breach of my duty to my client, and I can't. 
But I also so is it legal for the court like, hey, to not be in concert with the law? It's, it's, it, 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 is, it is not okay, but it is it's what it happens more often than you think. Gotcha. Like it just it just does. They judges make head scratching decisions all the time, and you can't really you can't really piss a piss too much of a fit about it because you know judges are constitutionally endowed with the power to say what the law is, and that's just that. Like the separation of powers, the judicial branch. I'm about to go back in the you know eighth grade civics, but the judicial branch, the executive branch, the legislative branch, right? Legislative branch we know is Congress, okay? The judicial branch is the judiciary. It's from as high up as the United States Supreme Court to as low down as the, your typical city court in whatever you know small town USA you can think of. The executive branch is your government officials, so like your your mayors, your your president, your governors, your police officers, but also your lawyers. Lawyers are not a part of the judicial branch until they become judges. Lawyers are a part of the executive branch because we enforce the law. So it's that separation of powers that happens. So a judge says what the law is. It's my job as a lawyer to enforce the law. I don't get to make the law. I don't get to make decisions about what the law is. I can argue that that's not the law, and then at the end of the day, a judge tells me whether I'm right or wrong. You know, but, but but back to this case, right? Like this case has me um, I'm, I'm I'm bothered by this because there are certain absolute privileges that we have in the law. Marital privilege is one. So so if your husband or if your wife commits a crime and you're a witness to it, you can't be content, you can't be compelled to testify against them if you were married at the time that they committed this crime. Because it's marital privilege. Um, priest penitent privilege. So everything that you say, think, think Catholic confessional, right? You go into the booth and you confess to the priest. We can't then subpoena the priest and compel him to testify to what you told him because that privilege is unimpeachable and attorney-client privilege. You cannot be compelled as an attorney to testify against. Okay. And not only can you not be compelled, if you do it, you can lose your license. Mm. Like you just won't be a lawyer anymore. So, so is it possible that this, that this particular play is just to keep him outside of the courtroom during the case and not necessarily ever intending to put him on the witness stand? Well, then here's the problem with that, though, right? This is, this is a criminal case that we're talking about, right? Like, this is um, a criminal trial. I'm so, yes, you said I'm the, the DA subpoena. So, so, here's the problem with that. This man has an absolute right to representation by an attorney at trial. You can't right. kick his lawyer out of the courtroom. Like you just can't. He's, it's constitutionally guaranteed that he has a right to a lawyer by the Sixth Amendment. And that's the law of the land. So you can't then say, well, I subpoenaed him. Because let me tell you, if that was the case, you know how many prosecutors would just start subpoenaing defense attorneys? Right. You, know, like, right. That, you just can't. 
Hmm. I'm, I don't know. I don't know what the angle is. We have all questioned this because it happened, you know, the day the, the trial started. And it's like, what's going on? And we don't, as civilians or citizens, we don't know. We don't necessarily understand the law. But, it, you know, and all we got from the attorney was, you know, this is an attempt to silence me and, and to. What's, his, what's um, his name? What's the guy's name? It's Lee Merritt. It's Lee Merritt. Say again? Lee Merritt. No, 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 no. The attorney? The, 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 no, the guy, the defendant. What's his name? Lindo Jones. So let me ask you this question, brother. I'm listening. Um, for lack of a better term, the prosecution goes first and the defense goes second, correct? Um, yeah. So then what they're saying is, or in, 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 in reality, what they're saying is we don't want this lawyer to object to any motions that we're making. But technically, once we rest our case, this this lawyer can come back and defend this this gentleman, so he can ask questions, but he can't stop us from asking questions. Is basically what they're trying to do. That's what they're trying to do, but you can't do that. Like you just you like like I'm trying to I'm trying to look the guy up to see if there's something else going on because like like I I believe every word you're saying to me, right? Like I'm not I'm not saying that I don't. I believe every word you're saying to me, but it just doesn't don't sound sense. right. Yes. It, yeah. it, 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 I mean, no, and it, I know. It more than doesn't sound right. It sounds wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I know like that. Like, I know that there's some information that, that we're not privy to. Like, I'm reading right. this information from various different posts from his new attorney, his new team of attorneys, from Lee Merritt himself posting certain things. And I know that they are not putting everything on their posts. But. I know one of the things that he was asking is that he was trying to get more people to come to the courtroom in support of Lindo Jones um, because he was ousted. Like, he's like, I am not allowed. And then he had to bring a new team on, and they, and then he wasn't able to fill them in on everything that's going on or that has that he had talked to, um, that he had witnessed in the past, you know, because this happened so suddenly. So it's, it made him feel as if, his, you know, the team is not prepared to, to handle the case the way that I would, and he's not being allowed in. So, yeah, go ahead and, and do your research about it and look up some stuff. And, but I was like, I don't know how that's fair. Like, I don't know how that's just that that could happen. This is what I, what I looked up. So now, while you about to tell us what you look up, let me ask yeah. this: is, is is does that harken back to the days when they say that the, a black man has no rights, uh, uh, that a white man is bound to respect? Mm. It it does, but you know, here's here's the thing about that, right? Um, I'm a black man. I'm a lawyer. And I promise you, 
that the day that somebody tells me that I don't have rights that they're bound to respect will be the last day that they ever want to deal with a lawyer again because I will bury their asses. Because the law is written in black letter ink, and I will take it as high as I can. And and that's why I'm trying to figure out what this is. But it looks like they're trying the the cops. Is what it looks like. They're trying to Derek Wiley is the name of the cop, and they're trying and they're trying him. They're prosecuting him for shooting Lyndall Jones. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if that's the case, then Lee Merritt, who is Lyndall Jones's lawyer in the civil proceeding, is is subpoenaed to testify in the criminal proceeding and uh-huh. and he's subpoenaed to testify about facts that he knows about the criminal proceeding. Maybe not what Lyndall Jones told him or but just facts that he knows about the criminal proceeding. And if he's if he's subpoenaed to testify in the criminal proceeding then he can't be in the courtroom. And and Lyndall So he Jones so he's his civil lawyer, he's not his criminal lawyer. Yeah, criminal because in, in this case, case Lyndall Jones is being represented. His interests are being represented by the prosecutors. They're being represented right. by the state of Georgia. I mean, the state of Texas. Correct. This is Texas, state of Texas versus Derek Wiley, who's the the police officer who who okay. shot him. Then then Lyndall Jones's interests are being represented by the prosecutor. So he doesn't. That's people. his counsel. Yes. Okay. And, and he doesn't, and they subpoena this Lee Merritt character, and they don't want him in the courtroom because he's a witness. And so the rule of sequestration says you can't be in the courtroom. Okay. So that's what that is. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all, y'all, man, y'all just don't know. I was, I was, I was very upset about this. Well, um, and that's what I said. I don't think I don't think the masses understand it, like because when we read it on the merits page, it doesn't have everything. So then when I go to the other attorneys, it doesn't have anything, but it doesn't have everything. So I'm like, okay, I don't understand how that is the case because when this happened, I know Lee Merritt was his attorney from the moment that this happened. So he's. He's he's his attorney for when they file a uh it's called a 1984 action. I think it's 1984. Um, the the number is chasing, but it's a civil rights action, civil rights violation. Okay. Um, which is any any time there's an officer involved shooting, the reason why it takes so long for the federal case to to happen for the for them to sue federally is because these lawyers, I mean, these officers are government officials. Mm-hmm. There's a federal, there's a federal, um, there's basically a, a federal um, doctrine called qualified immunity. Okay. If you are a government official and you perform and you do something that is in the course and scope of your employment as a government official, so a officer involved shooting, a good shoot, not this one, but a good shoot, right? Cop, uh-huh. you know, is in a in a standoff with a guy. A guy draws draws down on the cop, and the cop shoots him and puts him down. That cop is immune from prosecution. So that's called that's a qualified immunity. 
He's immune from being sued federally. Okay? They wait okay. on these kind of things because they want to see how this case turns out. Because if he's convicted of shooting Lyndall Johnson, then uh, the, 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 the plaintiff's exhibit number one in the federal civil rights action is this conviction. So he's not, mm-hmm. he's not immune anymore. He's no, he no longer has this qualified immunity. So we take that away, and now we get to sue him. And we get to take our pound of flesh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what that is. Because Lee Merritt is a, is a, a civil attorney. Yes. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen him do a, a, a criminal case. Like, he probably did some back in the day. But at this point, he's like a, um, a civil rights attorney. Yes. That and, and I, I do remember saying. Yeah. Okay, that, so, so let's 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 jump from there. Let's jump into uh Botham Jean. Okay. Um and this is the case that Ron was really like, What the fuck is going on in Texas? Um Right. So, so tell me this. This is one of the pieces that has really messed with my head. Um, okay. You know, after things happened, they got a search warrant for his space, right? But right. I think a day or two days later, she moves out of her apartment. Right. There's no been no search of her apartment, nothing. The reason why they didn't search her apartment, right, it if I'm thinking, because now I'm putting on my prosecutor hat and I'm looking at things and I'm trying to make sense of it, right? Because that's what we do. His apartment is the crime scene. Okay? His apartment is where the crime happened. And they have to get a search warrant for his apartment to, to go in and search it because he can't give them permission. So so now they have to do, go and fill out a probable cause affidavit for the judge to sign the search warrant for them to say, we're looking for evidence of the crime. We're looking for evidence of what happened. We know what happened. She said what happened, but we still have to prove what happened. Prove it just based off of her testimony because she doesn't have to testify and she can change her statement at any point. Mm-hmm. She can just say, nope, what I said wasn't true. He came at me with a butcher knife. And and I had to shoot him. I felt in fear for my life, right? She can say that. And and if all we have is, well, what you said earlier, then, you know, honestly, that's not enough. That's just not enough for beyond a reasonable doubt. So you have to search his apartment because, you know, there are shell casings. Like, she said she fired two shots. We need to find two shell casings, okay? Mm-hmm. She, said, she said she fired two shots if they were through and through shots. And those bullets, those projectiles stop somewhere. We need to find those projectiles. We need to go mm-hmm. and pull them out of the wall, pull them out of the floor, unless they, you know, unless they fade in, you know. And most police officers carry hollow points, so there's a very good chance that they did stay in and they didn't penetrate because, you know, full metal jackets penetrate. Hollow points don't penetrate. But if it's close range, it could still penetrate. So they got to find it, right? They have to find these two shit. They have to find these two projectiles if they penetrated. If they, they have to find evidence of 
that it was his house. So they got, they're looking for mail. You know, they're looking for lease agreements. They're looking for something to prove that it's his home other than people saying he lived there. Because people saying that he told us he lived there is not enough. You can't even say that in court. That's hearsay. But if we go in this house and we find his cable bill, okay, done, bet, perfect. Or we go in this house and we find his lease. Or we get his lease from the management company, but we start to find things that prove that he lived there. So we're photographing. We're doing all these different things. That's why they're searching his house because his house is the crime scene. Now, let me okay. ask you a question on that note. Just because you have mail in someone's house and just because you have a lease agreement, that doesn't necessarily mean you live there. It doesn't, but it's proof. It doesn't mean you, you just confuse me. So if it doesn't mean that, then how is it proof? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't unequivocally mean that you live there, but it is proof. And, and then it's now it's time for you, for somebody else to say, well, he also had a lease here. He also got his mail here because as far as we know, he got his mail at this apartment. He had a lease with this apartment. He lived in this apartment. So as far as I know, as far as the law knows, as far as what we're presenting, this is what we have, and this is the evidence that I have. I can't prove a negative. I can only prove what I know or, or prove what I can. So I can't prove that he didn't live there especially if he has all these things there, then I can't necessarily, right. then I can't just say, you know, I can't prove, you, you can't prove a negative. You know, but her house, right? Why didn't they search her house? Well, the murder weapon, uh, and I say murder because I think this is a murder and not manslaughter, but you didn't ask me that, so I'm, I'm digressing <laughs> a little bit. But the murder weapon was on her person. Okay, she didn't go to the apartment and hide the gun, right? Um, mm-hmm. She was there at the scene when when they arrived, so she didn't flee the scene. Um, she didn't conceal anything. She she came out. She gave a statement. So there may not be probable cause to search her house. So let me ask you know, this then. If she says that she was mistakenly at his house because she thought it was hers, can it not be under some some uh, thought process that we need to see her apartment to see the differences in the apartments? Because if she says that she thinks that uh, this was her apartment and she has a lamp on the left side, but he has a lamp on the right side. And he has furniture. I'm even thinking what if it's something in in her front entryway that he doesn't have anything in his entry. You know what I mean? Right. Like she has a table in the apartments. Things that are like totally different that you would recognize like this is not my space as soon as you open that door. That's just on, but she said it was dark so she couldn't see in there. Right? So. Okay. Okay, what about smells? Because I know everybody's apartment has their own individual smell. I've never been into two apartments. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. I don't know about that because uh, at least in New York, if you smell marijuana, you can get a search search warrant for the smell of marijuana. Let 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 me rephrase that. You cannot get a search warrant to search for a smell. To search for different smells. I need to search her apartment to see if it smells like his apartment. That can't happen. 
Okay. Like, there's no judge that's going to give you a search warrant for that. You know, um, Copy. You, if, if you smell marijuana, then an officer can get a search warrant because he smells marijuana. Or he can just search because plain smell is the same right. as plain sight. Um, right. But, but, and then on the outside of her apartment, if they just want to look at the outside of her apartment, you don't need a search warrant for that because that's a public right. space. Um, and I believe okay. there was something that that said that there was a red, a lot, like a red rug, at in front of his apartment that's not in front of his yes, apartment. Sir. Right. Right. So, so searching her apartment, like out of an abundance of caution, um, I I would have wished that they would have gotten a search warrant, but I can also see that there's really nothing of evidentiary value that can be gained from the fact that they've given. It. And I put that qualifier on it because there are a lot more facts that we don't know that we won't find yes, out sir. until after she's indicted and the trial starts. Yeah. Right. And what if you she know. was like a throwback apartment? You remember back in the, in the 70s where everybody had those beads you walked through in your apartment? Like <laughs> right. if she had those at her front door, you know what I'm saying? If she was like a hippie or something like that, that'd be something totally different. It's it all possible, right? Like all of those things are possible. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, um, his apartment is the crime scene. You know, I'll give you a perfect example. I tried a murder a couple months ago where um, a guy broke into his girlfriend's apartment and killed her. Right? He was pregnant, he killed her, shot her two kids. It was, it was, it was horrible. Um, and then fled back to his apartment. Okay? So in that in that respect, by the time the officers got to the scene, he was already long gone, you know, like an hour away. Because he did it and was just gone. So by the time they got there, scene, worked the scene, checked her to, to see if she you know, had any signs of life, he was gone. So they got a search warrant for his apartment because now there may be evidence of the crime or at least of the cover-up at his apartment. Her apartment was the crime scene, okay? So they did a search warrant on her, her apartment. They picked up shell cases. They picked up projectiles. They picked up everything, you know, the bloody sheet, all of that, right? But his apartment is also now a continuing crime scene because there may be evidence there. There may be a gun there, the gun that he used. There may be, you know, gunshot residue on some things. There may be DNA that he left there that matches DNA that was left in, the, in, in her apartment. So in that respect, that's why they got the search warrant for his apartment. But she didn't ever leave the scene. So because gotcha. she never left the scene, it's all contained. Or at least as far as we know, as far as it is being told to us, she never left. So now, so now would someone's um, testimony or someone's uh, eyewitness account, quote-unquote, saying that she went back to her apartment, would that be enough for that? Or would they need something else? to corroborate that she actually went back to her home to make that a continuing crime scene? It, it, if someone testified that she went back to her apartment, that's enough for probable cause to search the apartment. Um, but as far as testimony at trial, there may be something else to corroborate it. And, gotcha. and if she, in fact, went back to her apartment, there would be evidence in her apartment, more than likely, that would corroborate that she went back to her apartment. You know, because based on what she said, she shot him, and um, 
by the time she saw him, she turned on the lights. I don't know how far away he was from her, but she could have got blood on her. And if she had gone back to her apartment, then his blood may have been in her apartment. Things like that. But there was no one that said she went back to her apartment. Um, so that that's why it just, you know, like we could, they could search her apartment, but, you know, it's, I, I, my barber, my barber calls it overcooking the meat. You know, like mm-hmm. you got the grill going, you got your ribs on the grill. Stop turning it. You know, turn the turn the fire, leave it at two fifty, and just walk away. You know, like let it cook. Don't overcook the meat. Thank you, guys. Get it. You know. No, it's it's, it's, it's actually a very good one. Yeah. And it's probably one he'll be using for the rest of his life now. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I could provide that then. Um, but I mean, this case is. I, I, go ahead. It's not. This is not like. This is a hard case for a prosecutor in in several respects, right? Like. No matter how you handle this, when you're the district attorney, because the district attorney is an elected official, no matter how you handle this, 50% of the people that voted for you are going to fucking hate you when it's done. And that is, like, that's the concern for, for district attorneys. Like, me personally, I work for the district attorney, but I'm not an elected official, so I just feel free to be an asshole. Like, I feel like we can just go. Like, I feel like this is murder, and that's what it's being charged as. If you don't like it, then, you know, go sit in the back in the courtroom and watch me work because that's what this is. But Now, let me ask you a question. I hate to interrupt you, but working for the district attorney, they still have the final say on what charges are brought up, correct? For example... Um, like again, I told you, I work for an elected official. I, I have a ton of autonomy, you know, like, because I, we, we, in our office, it's, it's, it's not a whole bunch of us, but it's enough of us that we've earned the trust of our elected official that he trusts what we do. You know, if we say, you know, this case is this, he'll just be like, okay, you know, you know, sometimes he'll come back and he'll check behind us, but he doesn't micromanage. But the reason why I'm saying this is different because this case, I think, is being handled by the district attorney. And that's different. So now everything that happens, that elected official's name is married to it. Not, you know, it's like when, when, when I try a case, it'll say my boss's name, but it's my signature because I'm an authorized signer because I'm an assistant district attorney. So it'll say his name, but it'll have my signature on every piece of paper. And so there's there's a bit of kind of insulation there. You know, if, if the cops don't like how I did it or if a victim doesn't like how I did it or if the defense attorney doesn't like how I did it, then he looks at the paper and he's like, Charles signed this. You know, so you need to talk to him about it. Versus when they sign, when my boss signs it, like he just goes straight to his door. And I, 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 I feel like I feel like I heard, I think my mom told me, because my mom lives in Dallas. I think she told me that the district attorney is handling this case. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and, and so there's a bit of, there's a bit more of a, a political spotlight on it now. And 
the reason why I say that is because, like, you know, district attorneys, assistant district attorneys, prosecutors, attorney generals, whatever, whatever you want to call the people who prosecute, they work hand in hand with the police. You know, right, right, like I, I work with some phenomenal police officers, and I have seen instances on body cameras that other people, other police officers would have drawn a weapon and shot this person and probably would have been justified. And my police officers were able to go hands-on, get them in handcuffs, minimal damage, and get them to the, to the jail, and we're done. You know, so I know it can be done because I work with great police officers who do it every day. And, and they have a level of accountability that I don't think this young lady has. You know, because they strap on that badge and they strap on that gun every day and they go out and they go to work and they work in the community. And it's a benefit of being in a small town. But, you know, they work in the community. These these individuals, this young lady, doesn't really have that same connection. Like, she goes home after a 15-hour shift, probably doesn't even know half the people who live in her building, obviously doesn't know where her fucking apartment is, and then just mm-hmm. fires blindly into the dark. And she's had a questionable shooting in her past. Yeah. Yes. And she had that questionable shooting in her past. She was cleared, but it was questionable. It was questionable, right. Yeah. Well, now the they kind of are giving Renee Hall, who is the chief of police here, um, um, a hard time because she won't uh, terminate um, Goyer. Yeah. Because... And she said she's not allowed to. Because they have a union. Exactly. And that union says that she has a union rep and that union says she has to be on paid administrative leave until the resolution of this case. Yep. And unions are powerful. And that's just what that is. And people get real upset about that, and I get it. Oh, right? yeah. Like, it hurts me to my core to see that, you know, to see these officers who who, who kill these people, you know, and, and they just get you know, put on leave, and it's like, it bothers me. But what if the investigation turns out that it was a good shoot and this guy got terminated? Mm-hmm. Now he's terminated forever. Like, that's on his record for the rest of his life. He's terminated, mm-hmm. you know? And and then if you start, if you terminate people um, or officer-involved shootings, if you don't terminate everybody, then you have made the determination before they even went to trial that it was a bad shoot. And now you liable you, to get sued. Right, because you've already determined their guilt. And then what if a jury finds them not guilty? Then that's just a wrongful termination, and now you're on the hook. Because, see, everything comes back to money. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. You know, like everything comes back to money. We we would like to believe that we're, we're a more evolved society than that, but that's just not true. Mm-hmm. We aren't. You know, we, we are. It's capitalism. It's driven by how much money can I save? How much money can I make? What do I need to do to make the most amount of money? What do I need to do to save the most amount of money? Money, reputation, power. That's what it is. So that's what it comes back to. And I think that this lady is, you know, this situation is unique in that you know, Bartham John is the kind of guy who this shouldn't happen to. 
you know. Right. You know, I, you I feel like he picked a, a perfect candidate where you cannot say, but he should not have, or he was a and, hoodlum, or he was a thug, or he was, he was none of those things. But here's the thing, right? I'm about to get on my soapbox, and y'all might judge me for this. You can't make everyone a martyr. Because if you make everyone a martyr, then no one's a martyr, right? So we, we, we scream and we holler, we get upset about people who get killed. And I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying that it's okay. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when we put everything behind everybody, then the one time that we need people to be behind us, you're going to have somebody say, well, they said the same thing about Michael Brown, or they said the same thing about Eric Garner, or they said the same thing about um, Alton Sterling. They said the same thing about but like, but these people aren't this dude, right? Like this dude is when you, when you write down on a piece of paper, the person who should not be in a situation to get killed by the police, who should never, ever, ever, ever be killed by the police. And you look it up, and you look for a picture, it's his picture next to it, right? He's never been mm-hmm. in trouble. He's, he's the, he is, goddamn, he is, he is the fucking American dream. He is the son of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you, brother. But those names that you named before, whatever small or slight indiscretions that they had prior to them getting murdered does not warrant them getting murdered by the people who are supposed to protect us. No, no, no. I'm not saying you said it. it. What what I'm saying is they are worthy of being martyrs, is what I'm saying, because they didn't do anything to put their self... No one deserves to be murdered unless you have murdered first, is my personal term. You know what I'm saying? My my feeling. I don't disagree with you, but what I'm saying to you is that's unrealistic. And it's unrealistic in the fact that you have to be able to remember what you said earlier, no black man has a right that a that, that a white man has to respect or, or something I'm paraphrasing. But Right, Judge Taney. You, but but when you said that, right, it it hit on something to me. It's like until you make them respect it, until you don't give them an out. Until you give them no way out, and they tried to get a way out with this guy when they talk about they found weed in his apartment. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, was he there to arrest him for weed? No. So you're saying it was a drug deal gone bad? You're trying to call him a drug deal, and she was there to buy weed? Well, no, that's not what I'm saying because that would make her look bad. No, you are trying to smear him, but he's unsmearable. Who haven't they tried to smear? So we can't use that. Also, they're trying to smear him. That's wrong. They try to smear all of them. All of them. That's not what I'm telling you. What I am telling you is this dude is the poster child for unsmearable. That's all. Obviously, and, he's and not listen. because if he was the poster child, he wouldn't have illegal drugs in this apartment. Nobody believes that. I'm sorry. Nobody I'm matters. Just, nobody so matters. How, how is, is it worse is for him to have illegal it. drugs than for Eric Garner to be selling illegal cigarettes? I didn't say it was worse. The, I never said it was worse. Well, you, you know, you, you said it was less worse, or, or and I know that's not the right term to use, but you're saying that 
that what one was doing is not the poster child and what one was doing is the poster child. So you're making a demarcation line in their activities. And what I'm saying is their activities at the time they were killed, both of them are on the same part on the same side of that demarcation line to me. And I understand what you're saying. I just don't agree. That's all. I I understand exactly what you're saying. And I respect your opinion. I just don't agree with it. I think that they're different. I think the situations are different. I'm looking at it from my point of view, looking at it from your point of view. I think that the situations are different. I don't think either one was right, but I think the situations are different. And I think to to not acknowledge that, for me, is intellectually dishonest. But differences doesn't mean deficiencies. So just because it's different. No, I didn't say you said I'm just saying so just because they're different and we can understand that there are differences, that doesn't make one more of a poster child than the other, in my humble opinion. I understand. And I said I think that it does. I think that this guy is, for example, why do you think, you think that Rosa Parks was the first person to sit at the front of the bus and not go to the back? I wouldn't say that, no. I mean, right. I don't know because I wasn't there, but I mean, but common sense says she wasn't. But she was the one that was made the poster child. Why? She wasn't the only one that was made the poster child. They were poster child. They were poster children before her. It's just name that you know what I'm saying she can't name one off the top of my head. But if I did some research, I could give you a name or two. Name one right now. All right, again, I can't name one off the top of my head, but if I did some research, I can give you one or two. But that's my point. You can't name one off the top of your head because they made her the face. Because they chose her. They were selective, and they chose her. For whatever reason, they chose her. They chose All right, her. so if that's the case, if that's the case, then Amadou Diallo should be the poster child. Okay. So then, so 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 if that's the case, if you're saying the first and one only, then this guy can't. And and and, and this is not a a a a, a issue of who deserved to die, who didn't deserve to die. Cause none of these men deserve to die. What I'm saying that's not is, what I'm saying. I, no, no, I'm I'm not saying it either. I'm I'm just making that point clear because I don't want people who's listening mm-hmm. to us to be thinking that that's what we're trying to go back and forth on. What I'm right. saying is, any time it happens, I'm holding my square. I'm not gonna pick and choose necessarily that this square is worth standing on, this one is not worth standing on because of an infraction in that person's past when that infraction had nothing to do with the crime that was committed. Now, if that infraction has, if that if their past has something to do with it, if this person was a known car thief and they killed him in a car, okay, you know what? He's been known for stealing cars. He's been known for having weapons. He got shot and killed in a stolen car. That I get you with. But none of these men's infractions were the reason that they were killed. So if 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 if, if we look at everything for an individual circumstance in that specific day that they got killed, they're not looking at their past. They're looking at what they did that day, and none of them did anything on that day, in that instance, to be murdered. I'm I'm standing on that square. I have no problem standing there by myself. I'm just you know what I'm saying saying that. A poster child is is one thing, but 
I don't think that nothing that Eric Garner did by selling a cigarette we're is not, is we're not worthy not for us to defend that. him. I'm not disagreeing with you about that. Like, I never okay. disagree with you about that. But again, what I'm saying is this kid, this kid is, this kid is the Rosa Parks. Well, he can't be the Rosa Parks because there's somebody I can name before him. I'm sure there was somebody that that could have been named before Rosa Parks in 1965, too. Right. I'm talking about how history is going to judge this. If, I mean, if, I, if, if you want the truth, Amadou Diallo went down in history and is going to go down in history much more uh, prominently than this gentleman, unfortunately. Okay. And maybe I say that because I'm a New Yorker and it happened in New York. Maybe that's possible. Maybe in Texas, you know what I'm saying, it, it will go down just as equally as hard. My only point is that anytime kill us, we need to stand our ground. And that goes to what you were saying as until we make it stop. We can't make it stop if we say, okay, this one's acceptable, this one's not acceptable. This one, uh, he's not the poster child, so we're not going to put 100% behind him. My thing is, anytime it happens should be energy worthy, is my point. I don't disagree with you. All right. That's what's up. And what I really do like about this last conversation is these are schools of thought. Like, these are honest schools of thought in our community, you know, period. And then I think uh, macrocosmically, this these are um, thoughts when people look from the outside in, these are world views of um, the situation. I have definitely, I'm one who has um, unfortunately read the comments throughout all of these various different uh, ordeals, and you're always seeing that people try to justify um, killing people or killing us um, for things that are not at all worthy of death um and they send us to death for for minor things all the time but um I, I think in both cases there's always a need for one or the other you know um just so that people understand that you have to value people's lives no matter what that's all we're asking you know um well, you, you realize that our, our lives and our freedoms have always been, always, since, since the first ship made the transatlantic trip to begin the transatlantic slave trade, our lives and our freedoms have always been talking points, political talking points. You had... You had the the southern plantation owners that were like, we need these we need these slaves to 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 make sure that our crops get to, to make America great again, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and and then we have the abolitionists to say that these these poor slaves they don't know any better. They just need to be freed. They don't know any better, right? But nobody asked us what we wanted. Think about <laughs> Give that, us, right? Us free. So, so everybody's been talking at us, around us, over us, about us, but who's talking to us? Or matter of fact, who's talking with us? We mm-hmm. we 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 hear everybody with an opinion about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Well, that's not the right time for him to take the knee. I'm like, I understand what he's what he's protesting about, but it's just not right now. It's not the right time. You don't fucking understand what he's protesting about if you don't think that it's the right time. You have no idea. Like you have missed the boat. And 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 you can't understand until you actually let go of your ego, let go of yourself, decide that you want to listen and understand, then then conversation really starts. Then conversation really happens, right? But for you to just say, Well, I wish you wouldn't take a knee and I'm gonna burn my Nike, fuck out of here. Come on, man. Like what what is that? Like how does that accomplish anything? You know, or mm-hmm. I'm not watching football because he's taking a knee. And then, well, I'm not watching football because they don't give him a job because he's taking a knee. But everybody still watches football. Like, mm-hmm. it's still, like, the highest-rated show on television every Sunday, right? Maybe mm-hmm. the stadiums aren't selling out like they used to. So, you know, again, talking points. Right, that's all it is. Right, it's just, it's a conversation piece. You might as well just have the you might as well just have uh, the history of Black Lives in America as a as a book on your coffee table, because that's basically right. what we're boiling it down to all the time. Because there's been no real conversation, there's been no real discussion, because no one is invested enough to lose anything except for the one dude that everybody hates. I'm gonna take a so let me ask you this: Should, Is conversation always needed, or is action sometimes the the way to proceed? What action, though? Like, what what action are you gonna take? Well, one action can be not watching mm-hmm. the NFL. Um, right. That's gonna be a right. small thing, but it, it small things lead to big things. One action could be. Um, having a, 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 a mass protest or a mass blackout or something where critical mass has one specific action that they do just to tilt the scale just to, to show that 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 um that critical mass actually has some kind of leverage. Um and I don't have all the answers. I just ask the question. But that but that being said um, sometimes I, mean, that I find that we talk too much so much sometimes. That was a rhetorical question. It wasn't a, you know, Ron, what are you going to do kind of question. You know what I mean? But because it's like if, if every single black person in America stops watching the fo- fo- football, that's 13% of the people in America. Think the NFL is going to miss 13%? Absolutely. Of, of the now, now they're going to miss right. it. Will they miss it enough to shut their doors? No. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not going to. They're not going to miss it because then, because you also have like remember, like most of the players in the NFL are black. Uh huh. So now, if all the black players got up and walked out, 
are, you know, fuck it, you won't, you, you won't respect us, we're done here. Like, we're walking out, right? But you're asking guys who came from nothing to walk away from millions of dollars, right? And I don't know if, if, it, if it's worth it that much to them. You know, well, if you know it's worth it that much to them. You know what? It's, it's, a, it's, it's one of those things, in my opinion, where you have to understand that there are so many gaps and missing pieces in this entire uh, necessary village that we need to be for each other because it should be one of those cases where they could walk away from that million-dollar job and end up at something belonging to their own community and not suffer. But we don't have, we don't have lots of pieces in place to offer people right. that, that kind of a um, shift that you can say, you know what, you, you, I don't have to take your shit because my community loves me so much that I'll never want for anything if I make this statement for them on their behalf. Because we are right. here for a lot of reasons. And some of those reasons that we are at this place is because we created some of our problems in the sense of um, not being as unified as we need to be in creating those comforts that we need for our own community. That That's one of the elements that I feel like, you know, if that was shorn up, if that was tight, if we could say all of you walk away from that NFL team, we're going to start the uh, Black Folks Football League, and we're going to be able to pay you that or – even if it has to be a little less, we're going to take care of every other need that you have so that you're not missing out on anything. If we could just offer ourselves something that would help to relinquish some of these strongholds that they have on us, it would be beneficial in us being able to shun some of the bullshit that we deal with, um, having to be second string to uh, everybody else's justice, you know, that's what I wish but, we could do. That's what I really wish the, we could the do. The problem is, the problem is we can't because the black American, as we're con- currently constituted, is 50 years old. Right? Like 50. What was the Civil Rights Act was signed in 1965, 1964? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 54 years old. My mother is 63 years old. She wasn't free for the beginning of her life, right? And people say, well, slavery ended in 1865. That's cool, but Jim Crow ended in 1964. So 100, it took 100 years from the end of slavery to us being recognized as human beings, right? So mm-hmm. 54 years old. Think about that. Think about, think about people you know who are, who are older than that. You know, I can rattle off people right now that I know who are older than that. So, so to say that we want these things that that we want to be able to have this community that we want to be able to have this power to say enough is enough. I don't need your shit anymore. We're four hundred years behind. Right, and that's just you know? on paper. That's just on paper. Right. That's just on paper that those systems were ended and and those um, bars were removed. Just on paper, because in actuality, as long as the system is in place that created it for that whole purpose, exactly. and there are people who are still facilitating that system, 
then it's not going. It's just invisible. Right. But that's just there. It's, and it's I wouldn't even say right. it's gone because the 13th Amendment, as I'm sure you're aware, says that slavery has been abolished except for those who have been found guilty of a crime. So that right. means if they can find ways to find us guilty of crimes, then we back in that same 1864 stage. So yes. if there is a loophole to say you can return back to slavery, then we are not free because they're going to use that loophole whenever they have a chance to. And as long as they're still having... Yeah. I was just saying as much as possible. I, I mean, and in, in, in even if they have voters' rights acts that they have to, you know what I'm saying, renew, and if they have the right. ability to redistrict and make a jail a part of a community. So now that jail, which has 2,000 inmates, now has 2,000 2, citizens as opposed to 2,000 less in our community. So now they redistricting and all of this. I, I, I hear what you're saying about the, you know what I'm saying, the 60s, but if as long as you have an out and you can use that out, then we still in. Mm. No, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. You're not, I, I, I'm 100% on your side with that. Like, that's the point, though, right? Like, so up to and until we're actually free and not just, you know, every four years somebody's talking about our freedom hmm. or every four years somebody runs on a platform that gets us to vote for them because we think that they're going to finally give us our freedom hmm. up to and until then change wholesale. We can only do what we can do on a, on a micro level to make changes because on a macro level, you know, a, we are completely outnumbered. B, Freedom isn't freedom for us isn't economically beneficial, you know, um, because again, capitalist society, thirteen percent of the population, but we are the biggest consumers in the world because they give us a little bit of money and they say, "Oh, you got yours now. You pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. Why don't you buy these two hundred dollar Jordans? You know, why don't you why don't you buy?" Why don't you buy, you know, you can buy this car right here, but this car is so much nicer. Why don't you buy this one, you know? Why don't you buy this Gucci mm-hmm. bag? Why don't you buy this, this Burberry scarf? Why don't you get this $300 cologne? Why don't you do that? And when our counterparts, we look at our counterparts, and they're wearing, like, Kmart clothes, and it's like, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you know, you look like a bum, but he got a fucking jar of money in his house, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, we're trying to buy status. Because that's what we've been told. We've been told that status looks like X. That yes, sir. status looks Y. I don't even, I think it's so much deep. I think it's deeply rooted in we're trying to buy our freedom. Because so, yeah. for so long we were denied certain things that we were not allowed to have. We could not, not just afford. I don't think it's just affording. It was the denial of us that it wasn't for us. So I think some of us buy things and feed into this because we're thinking that's our freedom. Look at how the message is so inundated in our music that we're feeding our next generation that even Beyonce, that her freedom is the fact that she has all this money, you know, and then it it always takes the grand fall for somebody to realize that my money wasn't my freedom. I was still this 
oddity to them in their system because their system was not made for me. No, and, and then, so I I, I I I know we about to wrap up, and I don't want to really take a left, but whenever I have a a a, a lawyer in my presence. Or, or, or a counselor in my presence, what I like to do is ask him about this one in particular gentleman. Are you familiar with automatics? No. Spell his name right. for me. So I'm familiar with myself. A-L-T-O-N-M-A-D-D-O-X. And this gentleman, he wasn't disbarred from the court of law. He was barred from the court of law. Right? So he well, still pays his 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 um his fees. But he's not allowed in the courtroom. And when you were, Shimon, when you were speaking about how uh, our money, this man's intellect was his currency as opposed to his his bank account. And whenever your currency gets to be too high, they take that away from you in this country. So Automatics is one of – he worked uh, Tawana Brawley case. He worked. Um, he, he was one of the counselors for the Central Park Five when it was really the Central Park Six. But his his client got off. Um, a bunch of other cases. He was Al Sharpton's lawyer. He he, he was a, he was a couple of high profile cases under his belt. I say all that to say that when they see that you have too much money, they'll take your money. When they see you have too much political power, they marry and bury you. When they see you have too much legal intellect they automatic you so it's like when you look for their system for justification you're going to hit a brick wall so if our 13% takes our ball and goes home then we're no longer playing under their rules and if it's one thing I'm sure about this constitution it has it gives the leeway for a nation within a nation how do we know that? Because the Indians have a nation, the indigenous people. How do we know that? The Catholic Church is a nation within this nation. How do we know that? The Mormons are a nation within this nation. So we can form our own nation within this nation and be within our rights to do that constitutionally and not necessarily have to play by the same rules that we've been playing by for all these hundreds of years that we've been here. But that takes us and all and all people unifying and doing that as a mass. So there is an out, but we just have to take that out as opposed to trying to buy our freedom. And in reality, we buying our slavery. See, I understand what you're saying, but this is where I disagree. I the system isn't the problem. It's not the system. It's it's people, man, and. And no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you're going to have to deal with the people. And I think that you have to be in a position to, you know, yes, I hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm looking at this automatic chat now, and, and I understand what you're saying. Like, I, I had this conversation with, with my homeboy the other day. I was on his podcast, and I was like, man, they, they, when you get to – when you become too much of a nuisance, they kill you, and it's it's they, yes. they 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 kill you. The people who are the people who are invested in keeping the system the way it is are are going to do anything they can to make sure that you don't change it. Dr. King, Malcolm X, Mega Everest, you know, Bobby Kennedy, um, John F. Kennedy, 
you know, Abraham Lincoln. You know, you just go go down the list of people who who have yep. been in a position to affect change on a on a on a on a, 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 a large scale, and who had people listening to them, who had people following them. They were murdered. They get they bullets. You know, and they get bullets because the people who are in control don't want to divest themselves from that control. So what do you really think will happen if we if if we decide to to form our own our own nation within this nation, right? We we become you know, you remember Black Wall Street? You know, Absolutely. Like how that turned out for us. So the problem is we have to keep evolving with uh, with the enemies. The enemies the enemies are changing every day. They're evolving. So we have to keep evolving and we have to figure out I'm not saying what the answer is. I just know that right now what we're doing is we're standing still. But and what it sounds like you're saying is what the answer isn't. It, the answer isn't standing still. You know, the answer isn't doing what's been done or what's been tried. The answer is to try right. to figure out what's what we can do. The answer is trying to figure out what comes next. I have no idea what comes next. And it's frightening to me, you know. I I get up every day. I put on my clothes. I go to work. I work hard. I I I, I put in the work. I am the only black face in my office. And when I say the only, I mean the only. Secretaries, other lawyers, um, receptionists, victim advocates, and they are they are good people in my office. I'm not saying that. they are wonderful people in my office. But I'm the only person that looks like me in there. And and so I shoulder that every day. You know? I shoulder that every day. And 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 and, and I say that to say when 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 we are in a position to do something, we can't just stand still. Even if we don't know what we're gonna do next, we have to move forward. And and so what does moving forward look like? It, it, it looks like not repeating the things that caused the errors of the past. Not being in Is it possible that moving backwards is the answer? I'm willing to listen. But I mean, to Shamor's point, there was a time when we had a Negro Leagues. We don't have a Negro Leagues anymore. So if we move backwards to consolidating, then we have a Negro Leagues. Um, somebody goes and buys out um, Ice Cube's partners, and now it's the big three is a fully melanated league. That's, well, we call it that's Negro that. Leagues because they wouldn't let us play in the major leagues, right? But what did they do? The Negro Leagues became way a little, little popular, so they were like, you know, well, let's just integrate baseball. You know, because so, of dollars. So, if we go backwards and we form a Negro League, you know, you think about the guys, the black players that are in baseball right now, which is not a lot. Like, you right. know, not most of those black players that are in baseball are are Latinos. You know, they're from the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic or they're from Puerto Rico. You know, it's not a lot of me and you playing baseball right now. Um, because that's not what's hot in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody wants to be LeBron James. 
Right. You know, and and look, I get it. I dig it, man. You want to be that guy, be that guy, because that guy is a great person to look up to. He's done great things for his for his city, for his town. You know, he's used his cachet to to build things that that he otherwise couldn't have done had he not been who he is. So I, I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. I, I I congratulate him. But at the end of the day, what most people see is he got money. And and we've been taught to believe that money is the way out. However you get that money. You know, why do you think these cats be out here selling drugs, man? They're not, you know, some of them are not just do nothing dirtbags who want to poison the community. They're just trying to get money, and they figure that's the way to get money, right? Oh, Ron so, knows all about people like that. You know, so, you know, they they just out here trying to get money. They're trying to get paid and because they have been taught, they have been conditioned to believe that your way out is money. If you can't dribble, if you can't rap, if you can't shoot, you know, if you can't run a ball, if you can't throw a ball, you're going to sell these drugs. And it's like, hmm, well, what about education? Well, what not, about? Let's not just demonize them. People who go and get I'm master's not, degrees, they think I'm that is money is the way out, too. I'm not demonizing. Yeah. Let me finish. I'm not demonizing. Slow your roll. <laughs> so what about education, right? And not education in the fact that when I get this degree, I'm going to get this money, but when I really understand that it's knowledge, it's, it's understanding, it's wisdom, that's really my way out, right? Because, you know, I could get this degree and I could get this money, but how is that really taking anybody with me? Right? How is that advancing the community? How is that doing better for the people who are coming after me and looking up to me and trying to figure out how I got what I got? Right? So, and education doesn't really, it's not really education in the, like LeBron James doesn't have a college degree, but you can't tell me that cat's not wise beyond his years because he's doing more with what he has than a lot of other cats who are his age and have the same amount of money. So formal education is not it's not it's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, you just gotta get this, this degree and you'll be fine. No. But the other thing is social responsibility, right? So a lot of people underperform because they just want to get money. They underperform. If you have the ability to do something, you have a responsibility to your people to do it. Right. If you I have the ability to be a lawyer, I could have done something else. I could have not been a lawyer. I could have been an executive. I could have gone, you know, I could have done anything. But I have the ability. I have the knowledge. I have the drive. I have the the will to be an attorney, to be a good attorney. I have the responsibility to my people to do that. My wife has the ability to be a doctor. She could have been anything she wanted to be. You know, she's smart. She could have been anything. But she has the ability to do that. She has the responsibility to do that. You know, so when people start taking responsibility for more than just themselves, that's when we start coming up, you know, not just looking out for me. I got to get money. No, we got to come up, man. Like, we have to do better. 
We have to do a lot better than what we've been doing. And and I'm not talking about this whole bullshit, false narrative, false equivalency of black-on-black crime and all that crap because, you know, Shamoy, you've heard me rant about that. But mm-hmm. just the idea of, of social responsibility, you know, somewhere along the line we forgot about that. And we, I'm responsible. I am responsible for more than just me. I'm responsible for the legacy that I leave. I'm responsible for the lives that I touch. I'm responsible for everybody who I come into contact with, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm responsible for the for the impression that I leave on them. It's not, oh, if they don't like me, that's on them. No, it's 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 how I interact with people. It's how I interact with my society. It's how I see a young man who says he wants to be a lawyer when he grows up, but he has no idea what he has to do. And I could just be like, all right, kid, good luck. No. Here's my card, man. Call me. Here's my cell phone number. Text me. Hit me up. Tell me everything you need. Tell me what you have. Tell me what we can do. Tell me how we can get you where you need to be. And if you don't know how to get where you need to be, then talk to me because I've been where you want to go. So if everybody takes that responsibility, then we start coming up. And it may not happen in our lifetimes. We may die before we actually come up. But we've laid the groundwork. We've planted seeds. Or we've cultivated the seeds that were planted during the Civil Rights Movement. All right. So so as I slow my roll, what it sounds like is that what you're saying is that along the line, we have lost some things. Right, and if you just to, just to put it in layman's terms, if you're on a ten mile trek and you get to mile seven, you realize you lost something, then you got to go back to mile six, mile five, mile four, mile three, mile two, mile one to see where you lost that thing at. That sounds to me like going backwards. So sometimes you have to go backwards to get to where you want to go because you have lost something, and we have not just lost something, but we have had things taken away from us. So if those things have been taken away from us and we have lost them, then proceeding and going forward, we're still not going to have those things because we have lost them or they have been taken from us. So sometimes, now I understand you may disagree, but sometimes we got to go backwards, what we drop, to get it back, to get that sense of community, to get that sense of womanhood, that sense of manhood, that sense of community and realize that your social responsibilities in this world we're living in are not the responsibilities that are in the best interest of your people because this society don't give a fuck about us. So, therefore, we got to go back to when we had our own society and we gave a fuck about ourselves and go backwards sometimes. So that's, that, that's my point of view, that we're progressing sometimes, and sometimes regression is the right way to go. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to taking, if you're going down the dead-end street, why are you still going down that street? Make a U-turn back up and make that left at the corner. So sometimes you have to go back to get where you need to go as opposed to steadily progressing and saying, you know what, I'm going to ride this to the wheels fall off. Well, the wheels is falling off in this damn culture, in this society, and we need to go back and, and fix our flat back there in mile three to get it right. So that's my point of view that... You know, sometimes going forward and progressing in this, you know what I'm saying, we go burn like this house is burning. We need to get out this burning house and and, 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 and possibly, I could be wrong, 
I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But it just seems like progressing in this culture and this society is not going to get us where we need to go as a people. It's just not going to happen because it would have happened by now already. So um, this conversation is so intriguing. The fact that you guys are on two totally different sides of of what you're saying, both of you have really, really compelling arguments. Um, I wouldn't say it's two different sides. I think we both have the same agenda. You know what I'm saying? We both have the same endpoint. It's just that, you know what I'm saying, how are we going to get there? I would say that you're right in saying that, but you are coming from two different schools of thought with you creating uh, the fear of the black nation and and him uh, imploding (laughs) it from the inside. I I would agree uh, that the agenda is the same, but I think that this definitely deserves more conversation. And so I hate to end the show, but I would love to invite this show to pick up with this topic again. Um, So I would love to invite um, Mr. Uh, Watkins back to to have this dialogue some more. Sure. Um, and Ron, I would love for you to show up to work another day and be able to have this conversation. And be on time, right? Well, I didn't even say well, that. I- I'm trying to be regressive <laughs> and and embrace the unity. And, and and just take you for how you are while we also create mission sabotage from the inside. I'm trying to do everybody's thing. So I'm just saying, are you willing to participate in this dialogue some more? Listen, anytime I can talk to a brother that is intelligent, I have no problem with that. This brother is obviously intelligent. He is doing his thing, and I, and I salute that. And any, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I don't mean to... To, to make it may be a false equivalence, but we need people on the inside. What they say, the spook who sat by the door. We need, you know what I'm saying, people who, and I'm not calling you a spook. You know what I'm saying? We need brothers, you know what I'm saying, to help change. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.